Our ability to change our genes would be super helpful to help people with uh, genetic diseases. How are we going to extend not only lifespan but health span? There's a number of technologies which is actually working with our own lymph nodes to regrow organs inside our bodies. Loss of vision would be detrimental for many species on this planet. With the help of the science and technology are helping us to fight human biology and negative changes in that. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Friends, this is honestly one of the coolest episodes I think I have ever released. The second I recorded it, I just thought, oh my goodness, I cannot wait to air this. Sergey Young is truly a wealth of information when it comes to the actual practical future of the science of longevity. We get into so many fun things in this episode, growing new organs, artificial intelligence, as well as, of course, things like diet and lifestyle. I'm so honored to have connected with Sergey. I can't wait to see the future of all of his work, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. The show notes for this episode will be at melanieavalon.com slash longevity. Those show notes will have a complete transcript, so definitely check that out. There will also be an episode giveaway for this episode. For that, just join my Facebook group, IF Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting plus Real Foods plus Life. Comment something you learned or something that resonated with you on the pinned post to enter to win something I love. Also, definitely follow me on Instagram. I give away a lot of free things there. For example, today, well, the day that I'm recording this, I'm giving away two Apollo Neuro devices, which is huge. Of course, if you missed that, still follow me because there are a lot of good giveaways to come. All right, without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful conversation with Sergey Young. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. I am so incredibly excited about the conversation that I am about to have. It is about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Honestly, my personal passion, probably, if I were to think about it, and that is the topic of anti-aging. And what I find with anti-aging is that oftentimes it can be a bit of an esoteric or like hypothetical question where you're kind of just theorizing about what that might look like in the future. So I'm really excited to have a very practical conversation today with a major figure in the anti-aging movement. That is Sergey Young. He is actually the founder of the $100 million Longevity Vision Fund. So this is his personal passion project, and its goal is actually to accelerate life extension breakthroughs and make them affordable and accessible to everyone. So, I mean, this is like really, really exciting because we're going to talk about literally what anti-aging might look like in the future. Sergey also has a book coming out called The Science and Technology of Growing Young that should be released in 2021. So there are just so many things that I think we're going to talk about. And Sergey, just thank you so much for being here. Hi, Melanie. Hi, everyone. I'm very excited to join you today. Yes. Yeah, so to start things off, would you like to tell listeners a little bit about your own personal story and 
what brought you to this passion? Was it was it always a passion? Was there a moment where you <laughs> wanted anti-aging to be your thing? I mean, your last name is Young. What's going on with all of that there? Yeah, yeah that's pretty much pretty German. Well, where do I start? I think I was so jealous about my school friends. They all had a passion. And probably before the age of 43 or 44, I'm 49 now, I was just, you know, building my career, taking care of my family, like the most responsible child in the, child in the family, you know, earning money for the whole family, supporting my parents and brother. And then something has happened just probably about five or six years ago. I went to the doctor and, and the question was, when was the last time you've done, you know, all these, you know, this whole test? I said, well, it was many years ago. I was so busy with my career, with my family. I, I, I just assume I'm healthy. It's a typical story. I think, you know, 25 to 40% of Americans, depending on what, which statistic you're looking at, have high cholesterol level. My question was, what should I do? And the suggestion was to take statins. And I kind of assume it's just one month course, two month course, or you know, three months course. And my doctor told me, Sergey, you don't get it. It's, it's, it's until the rest of your life, right? It's like every day in the next 40 or 50 years, at this time I thought it's 40 or 50 years, you're gonna take statins. I was pretty scared. My wife was pregnant with my third kid. I have four. It's uh, baby daughter, Polina. Her life was just about to begin. And I thought my life is just, you know, is just looking at the end of it. I asked the question, what's the alternative? And they said, oh, come on. Everyone knows that, but no one does it. And I said, come on, tell me. And apparently it was just changing your diet, taking certain supplements like omega-3, and doing physical exercises. And I, I gave it a try in the course of six months. I decreased my level of cholesterol by 25% only by that means. And then I thought, well, if I can do it without drugs, I can do a lot of different and important things for my health. And this is where the whole passion started. Then I, yeah, a few years later, I met Tony Robbins, Peter Diamantes. Peter is a good friend of mine. Is a founder of XPRIZE Foundation, Singularity University, and you know, many tech businesses. And I just realized that my moonshot is to bring this new version, new healthy, healthy and happy versions of ourselves to the world. And I started to do it by sharing my practice with my friends. It's you know, it was very popular, and I doubled down on that, you know, I established the fund. And I do a lot of things in, in longevity. My, again, as you said, Melanie, my mission is to bring affordable and accessible version of healthcare and longevity to the world. I love that so much. My mom actually had a really similar story really recently. Same thing. Like she went to the doctor. They said her cholesterol you know, was pretty bad, that she would need to be on statins. And she said, can I just try diet for like a month? And then she did. And the change in her levels was so significant that the doctor was like, wow, you know, okay, maybe you don't have to go on statins after all. I think that that can be such an empowering moment, be it cholesterol or whenever people experience some sort of health issue. And then when they realize that they can take things into their own hands, I find a lot of people have that epiphany moment where 
you just feel like there is this power that you can have with diet and lifestyle. Speaking to that though, so so we just talked about how you can take things into your own hands. All of that said, the human species, especially in regards to longevity, do you think there are still predetermined points in a human's timeline that regardless of diet, regardless of lifestyle, that are still going to be like a moment of aging? Like they often say around like 25 is when you start aging. Does something happen when you're 25 that even with diet and lifestyle, it's just that's a marker of aging? Like what do you think about all of that? Sure. I mean, we, we can obviously talk about biology of aging, and I'm, I'm, I'm not the greatest specialist on that. But I don't think before the age of 25, there's not a lot that you can do to damage your health. With probably with the exception of extremely poor diet choices, like you know, just uh, overdoing sugar, fast food, etc., and obviously you know, abusing things like you know, drugs and going really in a bad way. I think if you, if you look from, and then from my personal experience, it's really from the age of 45, when you starting to, to see much more fundamental decline in your biomarkers, in your health. You, I mean, it's basically like a wake up call when you start to realize that you need to do something. So then come, coming back to your question on, on age of 25, we have thymus, right? It's basically the organ which disappears or shrinks in size probably after age of 18 or 20. And that's the secret of, you know, amazing energy, immune level, and ability of, you know, our kids and younger generation to survive and to fight many, many disease. So that's why that's very important organ, unfortunately, is decrease in size and, and obviously in efficiency after age of 18 to 20. And that's that's the biological explanation why we start to feel, uh, well, a bit different, let me put it this way, after age of 20 or 25. Moreover, if you think about how we're going to extend our life and how we're going to extend not only a lifespan but health span of people on Earth, this number of technologies, which is actually working with this important organ like thymus. One, we just invested in a company called Lygenesis. They work with liver organ regeneration. Uh, it's a cool company. They're using lymph, our own lymph nodes to regrow organs inside our body. So you, you don't need to wait for donor liver or donor thymus anymore. You just really you know, receive a nucleus of this in your lymph node and you regrow that. Funny enough, they, they started with liver because liver transportation is probably around $800,000 surgery in US with the whole cycle. And the next, the next target is thymus. And there's an, there was the other trial, pretty small, but they were using growth hormones to influence uh, thymus to regrow in the people who are in the age of 45 and uh, above. And they've managed, it was a combination of different interventions, not only thymus uh, regeneration, but they managed to turn back the biological clocks of these people during this trial. So that's, that's just amazing feature of our body, we can, which can help us to survive for longer and hopefully add healthy and happy years to our life. Oh, wow. Okay. This is fascinating. Some questions about that. That's so interesting. I feel like with all of the research I do on anti-aging I don't normally see stuff about the thymus. Like this is the first time really 
like seeing a focus on that. So people who don't have a thymus, what happens there? So basically what is scamming is, again, I'm not MD. The reason there's not a lot of research on that, that, you know, people thought it's just the thing that it is necessary for uh, during your kind of early age from zero to 20. And, and that's basically it. And it fulfills its mission. Well, let's also face it. The, the current version of healthcare is, as some people call it sick care, is focused on helping out the people who are already suffering. So it's very reactive. And usually it happens in the, in, in the old age where thymus is not on the agenda. So that's the thing. But just coming back to your overall question, we tend to think about anti-aging as, a, as more like a lifestyle changes thing. And, and that's what I call horizon one of age reversal. This is what we can do now. Well, it's still, I, I, some people call it boring stuff, but it's, they, they're extremely powerful. Like, you know, I have five buckets in, in my horizon one. What do I do now, right? Like, you know, annual checkup, making sure you don't have bad habits like smoking or you're using it like passive longevity, like using your seat belts, et cetera. I just don't die stupid. Third is a diet. Fourth is a physical exercise. And fifth of is peace of mind, which is sleep, meditation, act of kindness, et cetera. But that's horizon one. The, for many centuries and, and thousand years, it was like the only option which was available to us to extend our life. And it's still a very powerful option with all of these lifestyle changes. Unless you're really genetically unlucky, you can add 10, 15, 20 years to your life. So you can you know, extend it from 80 to 100 and add healthy and happy years to your life. But then what is happening? And we see it through the lenses of my investments in Longevity Vision Fund. Horizon 2 technologies are currently in development. And it was not the case even 10 or 20 years ago. And this is where we invest. These are technologies. I call them Horizon 2 technologies, which are going to be available to us in the next 5, 10, 20 years. I'm talking about gene therapy and gene editing. I'm talking about longevity in the pill. We have few drug candidates which can, as a positive side effect, can extend our healthy and happy years. And some of the drugs are generic drugs. So they've been on earth for the last 50 to 60 years. I'm talking about organ regeneration. This this thymus regeneration, uh, replaceable organs. This is what is happening in the labs, in the science labs and in, in some of the startups that we're investing in or you know stem cells. These are the technologies which are not necessarily ready for us today with certain few exceptions. But in 10, 20 years of time, they will just create a revolution in life extension. They will be helpful and will allow us to turn our biological clocks back. So that's horizon two. And obviously there's the other horizon, which is 25, 50 years from now, when the whole definition of humans will change. And I'm waiting for this with combination of excitement and fear, but we don't need to make these choices now. Choices now. I'm talking about redefining the human body and mind. It is human brain and AI integration or human brain computer integration interfaces like what Elon Musk does today or human avatars. We're currently looking at three different human avatars companies, two in California and one in Japan, internet of body, where our whole body will be full of sensors and nanorobots, 
which will be with, with the only mission to sustain, improve, and extend the resource of our body and mind. And there's a lot of exciting stuff which will happen, but it's really far away. It's really futuristic. And we need to solve a lot of ethical issues before we embrace horizon free, like, you know, human body and mind 2.0. Oh my goodness. I have so many questions. One more last quick question about the lichenesis organ. Are those people, do they grow their organ for themselves in their own lymph node system or you're growing for other people? Yeah. So that's a good question. And that's exciting because they actually, I think it's first half of this year, 2021, when they start trials at humans, they already done trials in pigs, in dogs, in mice, and all 100% successful. So they just get FDA approval, Food and Drug Administration approval to start human trials. So what is happening? Remember, I told you the, the story about the problem with donor livers. You need to wait 6, 12, even more months for your donor liver to be available for you. So that's just, it's just a lot. And super expensive operation, surgery. So what is happening? They take donor liver uh, and they split it in 50 to 70 pieces. And each of these pieces, is serves as a nucleus inside the body of the recipient to regrow the liver in the course of four, six months. So they, rather than, you know, in, in the current model, it's just one donor and one recipient. And that's, that's it's just huge shortage of that relationships because of the lack of donor livers and other organs. In like Genesis world, one donor will be able to help 50 to 70 people. It's a simple, I think it's called laparoscopic operations. They put this nucleus of donor liver inside lymph node. And then in the course of, you know, four, six months, you have plan B for your liver, which replace and support your unfunctioning liver. This is what is happening. That is really, really incredible. I mean, it's futuristic technology. And I, I just couldn't believe, you know, my eyes when I visited like Genesis lab in, in Pittsburgh. But I think there's the, the, the other positive side of that. It's such a rewarding field. So we just, whatever we invest in, we have a special check. It should, it should pave the way to affordable and accessible version of that. And imagine if we will be able to decrease the ratio from one to one for, uh, you know, for organs transportation to one to 50. What's the implication of the cost and efficiency of these surgeries and these operations will be? Say if a person lost their thymus because of an autoimmune condition, would regrowing a thymus in their lymph node, like, is there any possibility that their body would reject that or attack that? Again, I'm at the limit of my ability to cover this subject, but it's so exciting. So autoimmune rejection is, is a huge problem, problem for organ transplantation. In fact, in some of the cases, as more than 50% of organs rejected, particular organ rejected, because of the fight, our immune system is starting against like a foreign body inside our body, right? So the beauty of lichenesis technology is that lichenesis technology helps to fight this autoimmune rejection effect. It, you still would need to have a bit of support of that, but it's just, it, it goes times, times easier and more successful in terms of the kind of efficiency of organ transportation or organ regeneration if you use lichenesis technology. So, well, that's 
that's partly the the important outcome of development of this technology. So they're working a lot with liver and and in terms of the thymus and kidneys and the other programs, they're just in the beginning. So I'm probably just getting a little bit ahead of myself. But I think this this field will change in the next five to ten years and we'll we'll be able to to give a hand of help to so many people uh, around the world. Well, I guess in a way, the concept of your work is getting ahead of yourself. So you're allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always, I'm, I'm always been the most optimistic guy in the class and, and, uni- and different universities that I attended. But so one uh, and society would need to, you know, balance me with a bit of pessimism and, and realism as well. Awesome. Well, I've got a lot of optimism, so (laughs) there might not be much balancing in this conversation. You spoke about these advances and seeing changes in people's biological clock. Is that referring to like Horvath's clock or what markers are you looking at for aging? So the the current gold standard is Horvath's clock, right? And I think they do an amazing job. Uh, Last time I checked, if my memory serves me correctly, it was 2.7 2.7 years variance, which, yeah, it's a little bit high, but still, I think it's pretty precise in terms of our ability to measure our biological age. Moreover, I have a luxury of working with Dr. Howard and with Aubrey de Grey, with Terry Grossman, Peter Diamantis in one team to develop our Age Reversal X Prize, which is pro bono technological competition to reverse aging, we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna launch it this year, and we're gonna have 300, you know, 400 teams from 50 plus countries competing for age reversal, bringing their age reversal interventions, and uh, we're gonna use biological clocks. So, Steve Horvath's clocks are amazing. We know a lot of different teams all around the world looking at different biomarkers of aging, and there's no agreement on what is the best. But what I do know that combination of that give us enormous ability to transform the whole you know healthcare industry and our ability to influence our health and with your permission and i think it's going to be interesting for the audience just want to say that biological clocks are very simple concept right so you just have this set of biomarkers and it's they point out like i'm like 49 if you look at my biological clocks it, they point out at 40 but there's nothing more important apart from our curiosity and our own health for that. So if you think about age reversal trial 20 or 50 years ago, all you do, you, you find the group of people, statistically representative group of people who are like 80 years plus, and then you wait for 10, 15, 20 years until last of them will die. So that's your experiment in age reversal field 50 years ago. Then the question is, what you can do in this world with 20 years feedback cycle? Nothing. So then invention of biological clocks uh, is just amazing invention because right now, I mean, it can take a six month, uh, 12 month to measure the impact of, you know, any particular intervention on our, you know, aging processes, on our biological age. So this is, we just, what we've done in the last, you know, 10 probably years, we just squeezed feedback cycle of 20 years into one, you know, maximum two years. So that's just amazing advancement, which helps a lot in, you know, drug development or development different age reversal interventions. So that's, that's a fundamental shift in our ability to 
extend our lifespan and health span. Hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference. May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando, and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and Dry Farm Wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. I am so excited to tell you about something that I am obsessed with that can revolutionize your health, help with stress levels, support longevity, and really help you when you go out and are having a bit of wine or drinks or all the things. And I'm going to tell you how to get $100 off. So I've been talking about the role of NAD in our health for so long. NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is a coenzyme that is involved in so many processes in our body, including energy production and DNA repair. And it is depleted by things like stress, aging, lack of sleep, alcohol, and of course, too much partying. In fact, a lot of researchers believe that declining NAD levels is one of the key factors in aging. That's why I have been really interested in boosting and supporting NAD levels. And I have tried all the things. You can take precursors to NAD called NR and NMN. I still take NMN. However, I am much more alert by directly giving your body NAD. And historically, the most common way to do that that is accessible to people was through NAD IVs and NAD shots. I actually never did an NAD IV for a few reasons. One, they are extraordinarily expensive. Two, I've been doing the shots, which I liked because they were easy to do. That said, they always made me feel a little bit unwell right afterwards. And I've heard that the IV makes a lot of people feel unwell. So if the shots were making me feel unwell and that was going into the muscle first as like a barrier, I can't even imagine what putting it straight into my bloodstream would have done. Plus with the IVs, you have to sit there for potentially hours. So basically IVs were a no-go for me. So like I said, I was doing the shots, but I was like, I wish there was an easier way to do this. Then a company called Ion Layer reached out to me 
Oh my goodness, friends. I am so obsessed. So they make transdermal NAD patches and they have studies showing that these patches actually boost your NAD levels. And what's so amazing is you put on a patch. It's super easy to put on. I have a video on my Instagram about how you do it. You basically get this patch thing with like a negative side and a positive side. You put saline on one side, you mix up the NAD with some sterile water and the NAD that they give you on the other side. Then you stick it to your arm or wherever you want to put it. You put a super cool black patch over it, kind of like how you put the patches over CGMs. And then what's amazing is there are no side effects. You don't feel unwell from it and it lasts for 14 hours and it's so easy. You can do it at home and then you can really decide when you want to do it. So with the shots, I was doing them once a week and I was trying to do them before going out with this patch. Now I put on the patch before going out and it makes me feel so good. It really helps the next day from any alcohol recovery that you may need. And they look pretty awesome with my outfits. Not going to lie. I am obsessed with these patches. I just want everybody to know about them and they are so much more affordable than the shots or the IVs. If you want to boost your NAD levels, support anti-aging, help with your stress, help with lack of sleep, and or optimize your partying. You need these patches, friends. And I'm so excited because working with the company has been amazing and they are giving you guys $100 off, which is incredible. So to get that discount, just go to melanieavalon.com slash ion layer. That's I-O-N-L-A-Y-E-R and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get $100 off your first order. I cannot recommend these enough. I'm going to use them for the unforeseeable future, probably for the rest of my life. It's literally just become part of my arsenal now. Like when I'm getting ready to go out, usually once a week, put on my NAD patch. And even if I don't go out that week, I still like to do one once weekly. Oh, P.S. They're also amazing for traveling. You guys know I'm not a big traveler. I've been doing more traveling recently and I wear these on the plane there and back. Game changer. Although it's really fun at TSA, especially because I already opt out and don't go through the scanner thing. So they already are suspicious. And then they're like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, it's NAD. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, it's a coenzyme in your body that's involved in a lot of metabolic processes and energy production and DNA repair. And then they just look at me really weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. So again, that's melanieavalon.com slash ion layer to get $100 off your ion layer kit. It comes with six patches, totally the way to go for boosting NAD levels. And I cannot recommend it enough. melanieavalon.com slash ion layer with the coupon code melanieavalon for $100 off. So basically you're getting, I mean, sounds like an almost an exponential increase in real-time feedback for how things are affecting aging. Exactly. Yeah, Mel, it's just the other funny fact. What I realized, we, we invested in a different company. I think it's called Deep Longevity, and they, they're working on a different type of biological clocks. One of the most precise way to predict your biological age is actually using artificial intelligence against your photos and videos of your face, and they're actually looking at the wrinkles around your eyes. Is that accurate for aging or no? Yeah, this is the most accurate way, pretty much comparable with forward uh, clocks. They're still working with this, with this algorithm. But, and I just remember that this old phrase that the eyes, eyes are... The window to the soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was something behind that we didn't realize. And it's just amazing how a combination of AI and human biology can move this thing forward. I remember when I interviewed David Sinclair and he was talking about, wasn't, I think in the eye was where they were first able to reverse. First of all, 
David Sinclair is just is just amazing man on on you know so many fronts from academic perspective, entrepreneurial perspective. It's a good friend of us. We did invest it in one of his companies, Life by Sciences, and what they've done in one of their portfolio companies in Life by Sciences, they were able to return 100% vision to fix this problem. I think it was in the mice. We and then in usual circumstances, this biological you know organism would be blind for the rest of its life. So and that's just. Think about this, you know, loss of vision would be detrimental and lifelong for, you know, many species on this planet. And with with the help of the science and technology, you know, it's David and many other longevity pioneers in different labs all around the world are helping us to fight, you know, human biology and, and you know, negative changes in that. So you are investing in that company with the AI and the wrinkles? Yeah, we've done 15 investments for the last two years, and we're looking at 200 companies a year. So that's like, it's just amazing door opener. We have an ability to look at and speak to like 200 amazing teams of longevity scientists and entrepreneurs every year. Now that's that makes my life very interesting. So we we invested in 15 companies. We invested in this company who works on the aging clocks called Deep Longevity. We invested in David Sinclair company. It's a holding company. They have portfolio of different technologies and in different state in sciences in different stages of development. We invested in Lightgenesis, this organ regeneration company that we just discussed with you. We do invest a lot in, in AI-enabled drug discovery because drug discovery process, I, I don't know if you know, it's two $2.5 billion and it's 12 years time. And one out of 5,000 candidate compounds actually made it to CVS or Walgreens in 12 years. So that's just very capital intensive process, which is an obstacle for us to create, you know, effective and efficient version of healthcare and medicine. So we do, we invested in two companies which use artificial intelligence to suggest you particular molecules, which will be more successful to fight this particular disease. Rather than going through kind of libraries or trials, they squeeze the first two or three years of, you know, target candidate selection for drug development into two or three months. And that's a company called In Silicon Medicine. It's a company called Vala Health, many other things. And we do invest a lot in like gene writing, gene editing technologies as well. So our ability to change our genes would be super helpful to help people with uh, genetic diseases. And in some of the cases, I mean, some, some people call it, it's part of rare, rare diseases. This is how they call it. But if you combine all the people on earth who suffers from so-called rare diseases, it's 400 million people. So that's a lot. So we, we're working on that as well. And it's like a separate part of our portfolio, which works on early cancer diagnostic, because it's, it's super important. If you detect cancer early on, your chances to recover are from 93 to 100% rather than if you, if you go to kind of stage four cancer. And it's much, much cheaper to treat these patients. And they all, or majority, well, 93 to 100% of them, depending on the cancer type and stage, survive. And, and finally, we invest quite a bit in affordable and accessible version of medical devices like you know, AI-based digital stethoscope, 
which helps human doctors to identify a lot of risk or affordable ultrasound devices, which cost 50, five zero times less than typical ultrasound bulky device that you see in your hospital next door. With all of this investment that you're doing, and you just spoke about the obstacles that you can face with you know, drug approvals and clinical trials, do you find that the different companies, like in order to be accepted or move forward, their focus needs to be on addressing a certain disease compared to, like, can you invest in technologies that are just about life extension or is that less likely? No, you're not. Uh, well, that's unfortunate, but as, you know, optimistic group of people, we can okay with that. So uh, the way today regulation works, you need to have a disease to fight that. And that's obviously the the outcome of our reactive and, and pretty much symptomatic healthcare system that we have now. But I, I have no complaints. So the way you do longevity and age reversal technologies and interventions development right now, you look at anti-aging as a positive side effect of you know particular drug that you develop. So for example, well, it's a drug called metformin and I'm pretty sure your audience know about this one. Well, that's a generic drug, right? And it exists probably for the last 60 to 70 years on earth. And it fights, I mean, it's, it's anti-diabetic drug, right? But the positive side effect of metformin, and this is, you know, is going to be tested in a, in a huge trial in US, is hopefully extending our lifespan by two, three or four years. You know, obviously, it still needs to be tested, right? So I don't recommend of, you know, going to the pharmacy and trying to lobby them to sell you metformin. But, uh, well, you can consult with your doctor. But, I mean, if you have any, like, you know, diabetes risk or you're above 60, I'm pretty sure in five, 10 years' time, if trial is successful, we're going to be having this longevity drug. But no one developed this as an age reversal drug. It was all about, you know, helping people to fight diabetes. And then, you know, longevity aspect of that came or will come as a side effect of it. So that's, that's the reality of today regulatory context. But obviously, we're fighting hard for aging to become a, like a risk factor or approved disease in the U.S. and many other geographies. So this will help us to bring more and more capital to fight the origin of so many diseases, which is, you know, aging process. So I'm, I'm very hopeful with that. And we see some movements in this regards, both in the U.S. and in some other countries around the world. Yeah, I was just about to say in David Sinclair's book, Lifespan, his thesis is that aging is a disease. So that would probably be very practical for moving forward more with the, the investment in the companies and how it's received. Do you take metformin personally? No, I don't. I'm 49 and I'm relatively healthy. I, you know, I, I'm, I have a very healthy lifestyle and I'm planning to live 200 years. So metformin is going to be later on. I have three degrees and my first degree is chemical engineering. That's why I was very, uh, so I put a challenge against statins. And that's why I think, it, well, this is a chemical substance and it needs to be tested. I was just waiting for the trial outcome which will hopefully come in the next yeah, five to seven years. And I'm cool with that. And so yeah, I might consider that when I will turn 60. But obviously, our collective knowledge of what midforming does for your longevity will be much different 
by this time. So in a way, I'm, I'm trying not to do unnecessary experiments with my mind and body. So I'm, you know, I'm obviously, you know, have very experimental nature. I've started taking not metformin, but I was doing a lot of research on berberine and there's a lot of trials comparing it to metformin and it was pretty impressive. So, and, and I've been wearing a CGM and I've found it really affects my fasting blood sugars pretty significantly. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've been really fascinated by it and I've been like asking around in my audience and a lot of people have been experimenting with it. Yeah, I should try this. You know, I'm a big fan of NMN, and uh, David Sinclair probably told you about this one. Well, this is one of the few supplements when you start to take it in a month or two, people just rec- you know see the, like the the visual difference and how you look, you know, how you behave, how you radiate, etc. It's obviously you know I'm like taking what you know thirty to forty different supplements a day, so I'm not you know I'm not the best guy to test the NMN, but that's where I switch from the other energy booster from lithium basis or true niagen, which is probably the same substance, yeah, uh, from NR to NMN. And uh, I even heard a lot about NMN at uh, Buck Institute of Aging Research in, in Nevada, California, from Eric Virgin, from head of this institute. So they have like 23 or 25 academic programs. It's just amazing academic institution. 25, I think 25 academic programs from Unified Theory of Aging to nutrition and supplements. That's just amazing. This, I, you know, I can just live in this place and speak to these people forever. I'm experimenting with that, but yeah, I'm going to take your advice and experiment with berberine as well. I currently take NMN and NR. I've, I've been taking Elysium Basis with food, and then I've been taking NMN Quicksilver because it, it has TMG with it. I've been taking that while fasting. I had surgery recently and afterwards I just felt really, really wrecked and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything because I wasn't allowed to exercise. I couldn't do sauna. I couldn't do all these things. So I was like, what can I do? And I started high dosing, like high, high dosing NR and NMN. I mean, it could have been in my head, but once I started doing that, I started feeling significantly better. It was pretty shocking. Yeah. I would, I would not combine NR and MNM. I think NM. And does it all. I think it's much more effective energy booster. But again, yeah, I'll just refer to more knowledgeable people on uh, on this regard. Yeah, I do a lot of fasting as well. I actually fast 36 hours every week, Monday evening to Wednesday morning. And it's like the happiest day for me, which is Tuesday. Apart from that, you have a lot of disagreement in academic field about what actually extends aging. And there's only one agreement on caloric restriction. So, you know, I, I actually take fasting as a, as a way to reduce my calories. And obviously, you know, being very heavily plant-based, I'm not religious about, you know, meat or fish, at least today, you know, in terms of my views, but I'm, I'm heavily plant-based because the caloric intensity of plants and vegetables are so low that, I mean, you can eat basically unlimited amount of that and still be healthy and and happy. And, uh, but you also, I think you touched on a very interesting point, Melanie, which is the effect of the mindset on our aging. And I, I have only one academic article written, and it, it is actually about your psychological age. And if you, if you think consistently that you're younger than your calendar age, you're becoming younger and your aging slows down. So I've done this a lot. And a few years ago, I decided I'm going to live to 
200 years. I know it's completely irresponsible thought, given where we are today and with maximum, with the oldest person on earth died at the age of 122. But this changed a lot for me, right? At the age of 49, I have three-fourths of my life ahead of me. So I tend to think, so I'm going to be living 200 years in a, in a body of 25 years old. And I must say that it's been a great and just amazing turnaround in terms of my, how I feel and how I look and, and the overall, you know, energy level and, you know, how do I see the world? So I, I'm a great believer in kind of psychological aging and, and, yeah, and, and it's been a studies which says that if you think you're younger, you're actually becoming, you know, a little bit younger in comparison to your calendar age. If you think you're older, your mortality, mortality risk are actually higher or much higher than, uh, than the rest of the population. What was the setup of that study? Did they tell people to think that they were younger? I don't remember what was the sample size. I can send you the, to this, this academic paper, but they just asked people a number of simple questions like, you know, basically how old are you calendar-wise? When you think about yourself, so what do you think is your age? And the people who consistently responded that they feel five or 10 years younger, they actually had a different uh, you know, set of biomarkers. They were younger on, on the biological clocks front. I love that. Okay, I want to start meditating now on like some sort of mantra that's like, I am young. That's incredible. Yes, you should. I mean, this is what I'm doing with my, I'm going to live 200 years in the age of 25 years old. And and you know what, then uh, it's probably an anecdote, but I would not be surprised if it has very good evidence. One of the biggest obstacles to some of the pharmaceutical studies and one of the biggest competitors is placebo. So placebo effect, sometimes placebo has exactly the same effect on some of the pharmaceutical substances in, in studies, right? Positive. That's why, you know, I'm a big fan of supplements. Um, some people, you know, tell me, well, Sergey, they're not FDA regulated. There's no, you know, scientific studies to prove effect of this, this, and this. But like, if it works for 30 or 40% because of placebo effect, I'm all for it. Yeah, the placebo effect is so incredibly powerful. So what do you think with your horizons is a realistic lifespan? Is immortality even an option at some point? I don't really like the kind of the immortality concept because we just did a documentary called Tomorrow Unlocked on immortality. What I say there is I don't like immortality because I do think if you take out the death from the human cycle, we're not going to be humans, right? But it's it becoming deeply you know, philosophical and, and pretty individual. So I don't want to build on that. I think I am interested. And my passion is, is in, in longevity for the planet. So in a way, I am indifferent to you know, how many years on Earth you know, I will spend. So, but, so when you talk about statistics, right? When you talk about 7 billion people we have on the planet today, to move the average, it's going to be a lot of years. Realistically, you know, well, let's, let's use my example. I'm 49 my you know life expectancy on average should be probably around 80 85 with all the lifestyle changes and you know all this passion that i have i can probably live to 100 and uh, 105 but then so let's think about what will happen in the next 50 years right gene editing going to be available 
longevity and appeal going to be available, organ replacement going to be available, and even human avatars and human brain integration going to be available. So in 20 years from now, we will be living in a completely different world in terms of our opportunities and choices to extend our lifespan. It's almost like you know us talking back in year 2000. Will we believe in the smartphones and kind of Zoom of this world and, and it's artificial intelligence or our ability to sequence genome? The first genome sequencing project took six years and $3 billion. Right now, you can sequence genome for like $200. So that's just amazing. So in a way, I, I really don't know what will happen in 20 years from now, but I do know that it's going to be beyond our wildest dreams and aspirations. Do you think it will matter, especially since it sounds like we might be on the cusp of very huge developments in this whole anti-aging longevity technology? So say there's some you know insane development that is able to really radically reverse somebody's biological clock. Do you think a person will have to be a certain age for that to take effect? Like, do you think there'll be developments where a person could be almost near death, but will have a development to radically reverse their biological clock? Or do you think we'll have to be, you know, young enough for those to work? There's, there's two aspects of it. One is ethical, and I'll address it in a second. Well, the other aspect is, I think what we learned for the last few decades is the cost of almost every invention decreased exponentially in just a few years. And it's, I mean, it's just becoming affordable and accessible to almost everyone. So we'll think about cell phones. It was, well, 20, 25 years ago, it was like $10,000 plus. It was only for each. You know, right now you take a high-speed train from Hong Kong, 15 minutes, you're in Shenzhen, and you can buy a smartphone for $9. So we actually, in, in XPRIZE Foundation, We've done Global Learning X Prize, sponsored by Elon Musk, by the way, with his $15 million. When we distribute like iPads or you know a different version of a different vendor who's producing the tablets, tablets which cost $30 with the application installed, which happens African kids to learn and to study Swahili and English with zero adult help in 12 months, right? This is like $30. 10, 15 years ago, it would be only for like super rich. So in a way, I do think whatever will be invented, it's going to be heavily regulated. We're talking about very complex thing like human biology. It's not going to be one silver bullet, which will help us to solve an aging problem. And, and because of the exponential decrease of the cost of you know every treatment or every technology that we're developing, I actually think that we're going to be fine. If we if we come up with something like really good, we'll be able to help everyone on this planet. So this is, I know, a philosophical question about the immortality, which it might not even be practical. But one of the things I was thinking about was we often see a relationship between the drive to reproduce and aging. Like there's, you know, this whole theory that anti-aging actions are often linked to our reproductive drive. I wonder if we were immortal, how that would affect our biological urge to reproduce. Well, I, I do think we have an answer to that. Well, it, it was not around immortality, but with the unfortunate reality, with us becoming more resourceful, I'm talking about the overall increase in GDP per capita, 
And us living longer, I'm talking about increase of the average lifespan in uh, developed countries from probably 40 or 50 years in, in somewhere around nine, 1945 to 75, 85 years today, our reproduction rates decreased significantly. Moreover, this uh, was a great study last year saying that by year 2050, with current reproduction rates and, and decrease of that, by year 2050, we'll reach the maximum population of you know, people on Earth, around 10 billion, and then it's going to decline. China is, what, 1.4 billion citizens today. By year 2100, they're going to be somewhere around 800 million people. And it's, it's happening almost everywhere, with, probably with the exception of a huge number of African countries and Latin America as well. So, the, the, well, I say unfortunate as a, as, a, as a father of four kids, the unfortunate outcome of you know, us becoming wealthier, more resourceful, living longer, is we have so many alternatives for our time rather than you know, reproducing ourselves and taking care of kids. So that's why a lot of people you know, make other choices. And you know, obviously, I, I have a lot of respect to that. So that's why in almost every developed country that you see, our reproduction rates are below the figure. I think it's 2.1 or 2.2 for family, which is required for a uh, population to grow. Wow. That's really fascinating. I was not aware of that, that possibly the population will reach a cap and then decline. Well, that's why we're working on longevity. So the, we're going to change this whole thing. But then the question is like, are we going to be on this planet? Uh, and it's going to be like the only cho- choice in a hundred years from now, right? So I am looking to what I'm, I'm looking at what is uh, happening in in the world, so Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and you know all other space entrepreneurs. So I'm pretty sure we're gonna have in hundred years from now we're gonna have more choices rather than our beautiful blue blue planet. Would you like to go to another planet? Yeah, my plan is to go to Mars. So the plan is, I, I live two hundred years, and if I live you know, two hundred years, so it's obviously I'm I'm gonna live until the point when when this technology gonna be available. So with current life expectancy of what eighty five years. I couldn't really go to my kids and family and say, guys, I need two and a half, three years. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be going to Mars, but I'm going to be back in three years. You know, I, I, I wouldn't survive in my family. But if this is 200 years, I can easily say, guys, yeah, I'm taking a break. It's just, yeah, I'll see you in two and a half years from now. Just go, you know, going to Mars and back. Don't worry. So that's the plan. I mean, obviously, it's half serious and half aspirational and, and funny, but who knows? If we had the ability to like travel at the speed of light and you could do that and then time travel and you know come back and it would be way in the future, would you want to do that as well? It's just, I'm just wondering. Well, I never had this option, so I haven't thought about this one. Oh, that's, that's a great question. Look, I'm a product of my time. So in a way... Well, yeah, this is where I'm the most comfortable uh, with. This is I can, where I can bring enormous value to, to my community, to my family, to our citizens on the planet. Would I do it out of curiosity? Probably yes. Do I want to live there? Probably not. It's a little bit like traveling to Japan, which is very futuristic, extremely different culturally. I mean, it's a lot of fun to spend there like a week or two. 
But to live there is just like completely different exercise. You would need to start to rewrite your cultural, societal, family DNA from the scratch. I'm not saying this is bad uh, or, you know, or this is a good thing, but it just requires like starting from square one. So I don't want to do it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for entertaining my question. Also, we were talking about the reproduction and all of the companies that you invest in and the work that you're seeing. Does it often account for the differences in men and women in the studies? When it comes to anti-aging, do you see a lot of differences between how men and women, just with all the testing and everything? That's a great question. And I must admit, it was only like a year or a year and a half ago, I was speaking to a group of amazing female scientists. Uh, I've just discovered that there's just a lot of things in the science, in the trials, based on a focus on kind of white males. I was like, I was like really shocked by that, right? I don't have a huge statistics to support that. Even if, if you look at health and longevity books, more kind of health side, they all almost like, you know, m- you know, male speaking to male. And I think it's unfair. So here in my story, a year and a half ago, I, I, I you know, quickly discovered that there's, there's a whole and pretty much different world, which I call longevity for women, which exists. And I need to take care of that as well. Uh, so my actually plan after my, fir- well, it's not the first book, my second book uh, will uh, see the light on August the 10th this year. It's called, as you said, The Science and Technology of Growing Young. I'm actually starting to work on a book which covers a female, like women view of longevity and health. And it's, and it's really amazing world. And it's very different how we, the male part of population, see the issues and and challenge of health and longevity because if you speak to women their view on on health and longevity is very different the whole reproductive aspect is completely different or the dynamic of aging Uh, man has a gradual decline of you know his resources probably after age of 40 or 45 on average and then for women it's you know menopause it's just huge structural fundamental one-time dramatic change or think about women they're making 80 percent of the health-related decisions for the for the whole family this so this whole sense of responsibility for other people and making choices which will affect the health of the family community society is in the dna in in the mindset of the women and this whole hormonal aspect right Look again when I when I heard this from you know, by talking with this ladies I was like oh my god I'm like in the age of 47 and I've just managed to open this whole you know exciting and interesting world for me such a shame Hi friends so I'm sort of haunted by clothes if you follow me on Instagram you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time and I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet that's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste and I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. 
We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like 100 brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes all the time with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous. And they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to MelanieAvalonsCloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. Hi friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. I did a lot of research on infrared saunas before deciding on them. Their saunas are so high quality. They're low EMF. And what I really love is they have a solo unit. That's what I have. And it's really great if you live in a small apartment, might be moving. It's just really an amazing investment and they have incredible deals and offers on it right now. You can actually get up to $200 off with the code Melanie Avalon, or if you're talking to a rep, just tell them that I sent you. And like I said, that will be up to $200 off and that will also get you $99 shipping. Normally the shipping is like $600. So that's a really, really big deal. And if you do purchase a sauna, forward your proof of purchase to podcast at melanieavalon.com. And I will also send you a signed copy of my book, What, When, Why. If you'd like to learn more about the science of sauna, Two resources. I interviewed the founder of Sunlighten, Connie Zach. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I also recently did an epic blog post all about the science of sauna. We'll also put that in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. 
Hi friends. An incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold control. Contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, <laughs> drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked farm direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee with the coupon code melanieavalon for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit but sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. I am thrilled to know that you are aware of all of this as well, because I one of the most shocking things I think I ever read was, it was also in David's book, Lifespan. I'll actually read it because I have the quote. He said that ever since female mice have been regularly included in lifespan experiments, thanks largely to NIH stipulations, large gender differences in the effects of longevity genes and molecules have been seen. Treatments that work through insulin or mTOR signaling typically favor females, 
whereas chemical therapies typically favor males and no one really knows why. I remember when I read that, I was like, that's huge because <laughs> we're doing, you know, so much study on these genes and it may turn out that gender is playing a huge role in it. Yeah, exactly. But uh, in, uh, on, the, on the positive side, what I can say, look, with, with our enormous ability to do genome sequencing, use of you know, different technologies, including artificial intelligence, I think we will just leapfrog to personalized medicine when it's not about, you know, splitting the world into kind of male and female or, you know, 50 different shades of gender, but it's just personalized for you and me and tailored to our, you know, particular DNA setup and, you know, all the rest, which is in our body. So, there's a hope that the, the way technology develops itself right now, we might actually solve this problem by not you know, focusing on only male-female difference, but to account for you know, so the, the whole diversity of this world and human society and our individual choices. I'm dying to hear a little bit more. You've mentioned it a lot throughout this conversation, and that is the potential role of AI, avatars. I'm just dying to know what that practically looks like. Because I think it's, like I said at the beginning of opening this show, it's often a very hypothetical, esoteric conversation. Like it, it doesn't seem real. So in a real sense, what does that look like? Avatars, AI? There's two questions here. One on, on the AI, which is, yeah, it's it's already part of our life. We, we already made these choices. And what I wanted to say, people always ask me like, would AI replace doctors. And I always say that it's unfortunate nature of our thinking. We are, to, we are taking pretty binary views on everything, like it's AI versus human beings. What about, and what, we, what about AI plus human beings, right? As someone said, quoting this in my book, saying like, you know, AI will not replace radiologists, right? Because AI has enormous you know, ability to go through MRI and scans and detect early stage cancer. But uh, AI will not replace radiologists, but radiologists with AI will replace radiologists without AI. So we tend to be very confronting at looking at the new stuff. I actually think the future is combination of human intelligence and artificial intelligence, not either or. But that's like philosophical comment on AI. Human avatars. A few years ago, when, when we were looking at, we were trying to look at this place, I had a strong view that the future of human avatars is, is just a little bit like we've seen in, is it James Cameron movie? An avatar movie, right? You have like robotic avatar and you basically have a robot and then you have a, you know, the opportunity to well, send this robot to Mars, and then you're still here on Earth, and then you just enjoy Mars through what this robot sees, feels, smells, etc. So that's 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 called robotic avatar, and I was a big fan of that. What I learned in the last probably couple of years that with the level of development and decreasing cost of virtual world and digital technologies, this is provocative thought. I don't know whether it's happened or not, but. I started to believe that creating the digital versions of ourselves is much cheaper and actually much closer point of time 
in terms of technological development and availability rather than creating robotic versions of ourselves. That's counterintuitive for me. I still couldn't believe in that. But uh, frankly speaking, creating the artificial intelligence version of ourselves in a digital world is like super cheap. I think it's in 25 or 50 years from now, we might discover that this is the way forward for us. Well, then, and I do know quite a lot of famous U.S. public people who just right now like trying to digitize digitize themselves to split their wisdom uh, and their desire to share their wisdom from enormous time demand that they get in terms of their speaking, coaching, changing the world. Having said that, however shocking it sounds, I think that if you think about certain uh, implication or application of that, it's actually kind of pretty useful and pretty cool. So my case, my one of my grandfathers has been super instrumental in terms of sharing uh, his wisdom with me when I was really young. I wouldn't mind to speak the digital version of him, you know, for well, for an hour, you know, every month, right? So think about the cross generational wisdom transfer, right? We we I mean, generation after generation, at least in our family, we're repeating the same mistakes. So. What if our, you know, my kids will have an opportunity to learn from, from my grandfather or mother, right? So that's, I, I know it's niche, but uh, this is just to show that we shouldn't shock ourselves with CNN type of uh, scary news that, you know, digital version of us going to dominate the world. But think about some useful applications of that. So this is sort of like the matrix? Yeah, uh, look, it, we all stereotyping here so recognizing that this is a stereotype yeah that uh, might be the case but i i think i was leaning toward something different my version of the future world is that we live in in a world like today but there is certain very niche application of human avatars which can be super helpful for us to extend uh, life or to support some you know like cross-generational wisdom transfer. Not like the whole world is a digital creation, but rather we're in the world, but then we can possibly engage in these digital avatars for different experiences. You should, I mean, and that's unfortunate. I I couldn't remember what was the name of the South Korean mother. You should watch it on YouTube. So the story is, I, I, I'm pretty sure if you Google that, they will, this clip will appear. Last time I checked, it was 20 million views on this clip. So what has happened is South Korean mother, yeah, she had a baby girl, beautiful baby girl, and uh, she died at the age of five. So she hired the digital avatar virtual reality company. And then on the basis of her photos, videos, and I think they've done something while she was alive, they created the digital copy of her. And then I think it was on South Korean TV like a two years ago. I'm using this example in, 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 in my August book in Science and Technology of Grown Young. Uh, so they had like eight minutes meeting in the virtual world where mother seen her loved daughter, right, who died two or three years ago. I'm like, as a father of four, I stopped watching after the first minute because I couldn't help. You know, I was just crying. But... In the end of the day, think about some scenarios in, in lives where human avatars is not going to be like mass product, 
but would help some people to live longer, to be happier, and to make less mistakes and do more good things on this planet. In a way, with social media, we engage in a digital world. We watch the digital world and put forth a version of ourselves. So we're not literally immersed in the world of it. Yet, what are your thoughts on social media and how it has affected us? Yeah, I think it's a proxy to what what we where we're going, right? So yeah, and it's uh, I know a lot of people. If you compare the social media version of them with the real version of them, it's almost like two completely different. So that's, uh, it might sound like a negative comment, but because of that, I have been able to create this Sergey Young guy, right? You know, I'm my full-time job, I'm managing the, you know, huge investment funds. It's multi-billion dollar assets all around the world. Without the social media, like video conferencing, I would be just living in London, you know, going to my office Monday to Friday and, and managing, what, food retail, transportation, logistics, you know, ports, you know, containers, all these investments. But because of that, because of the social media, you know, I, you know, I, you know, can after 5 p.m., I can be a longevity visionary. I can establish my own fund to support longevity technologies for them to become affordable and accessible. We can talk, we can share our mission so we can engage and inspire more and more people. So that's the positive side of that. It's so true. I hadn't really thought about that before, but it's like we have created these, I mean, avatars of ourself in a way that have a, a mission or, you know, are, are spreading a, a purpose and content and information that goes so much far beyond what we could do in our, you know, like you said, in our day-to-day life. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, and it's like with every technology, it depends how you use it, right? If you have good intentions, I mean, it's a positive thing. If you have bad intention, it's it's a negative thing. So it comes down to our ethics and our design. Why do we think we were born on this planet? Speaking of the day-to-day life, because I asked for questions for you from listeners, and one of the things they really wanted to know was, what do you do in your day-to-day life as far as practical longevity supporting practices? Do you use you know biohacking devices? Do you use like red light or sauna or like what are your favorite things yeah so like every time i'm in santa monica and i have an office there and you know i go to operate lab from uh, dave esprit and uh they love me because I'm, yeah, I'm just going there booking four hours and trying a lot of new different things so I, i'll answer this question but before i do that just uh, this one thing i i do believe in is that i don't think that we need any technology to make healthy and happy choices today, right? So if like, take a look at meditation. Yeah, I'm using Muse 2 to meditate. Yeah, I, I do think they have enormous way of giving me feedback. Uh, how do I meditate with this uh, bird singing, with sounds of nature? If you think about this, there's, there's very few ways to give you feedback when you meditate, right? You don't want someone to talk to you or touch you or saying like, you know, well done, Sergey. Continue meditating another 10 minutes. Yeah. So that's, so Muse 2 is amazing. But in the end of the day, you know, I don't need Muse to meditate, right? I just need calm space and know how to do, you know, this as well. So I have this relationship with gadgets where I kind of love them, but I do realize that it is always like free of charge, gadget free option to, you know, reproducing, recreating the same in my life. So 
what I do gadget wise, I'm a big fan of like Aura Ring or Apple Watch or whatever the you know, fitness bracelet choice you have. I do believe that what we call variables is, uh, is already your personalized healthcare device. I'm actually waiting when guys like Halo, Fitbit, Apple Watch, Garmin will add glucose monitor there and blood pressure monitor. And it's going to be like 95% of the mm, data that we need to measure on every day. Well, it's not every day, like every second basis, right? On a continuing basis. So that's amazing. So this is what I do. Uh, but overall, my Horizon 1, which is what you can do today, longevity buckets. One is uh, doing annual checkup. It's, it's just super important. And I do my one in Human Longevity Center Health Nucleus in San Diego, California. Second is just not to die stupid. So I'm, I'm not smoking. I always wear seatbelts. I have zero alcohol tolerance policies where even if, if I'm in the States or in the countries where you can drink a glass of wine and still be a driver. So I don't do that. Uh, diet is a huge part of it. You remember my earlier point that there's a lot of disagreements, but one agreement that calories uh, restriction is, is good for your life extension. I actually, I was so tired to wait for my bigger book to be published. And, uh, and finally, after three years, it's going to be published in August. I created a smaller book. It's available on Amazon. It's called 10 Simple Principles uh, of the Healthy Diet. It's a hundred pages book very synthesized and simple version of what you can do on a diet bucket. So that's bucket three. Then four is a physical activity. I do a lot of walking. I, I do at least 10,000 steps a day. And then I do like stretching, yoga, etc. And then peace of mind. I'm a big fan of healthy sleep. So my rule is eight hours in the bed, seven hours sleeping time. I measure my sleep cycles with aura ring. Then meditation, as I said, uh, like um, used to that I'm using. And, uh, and then the rest is uh, like immaterial stuff, like sense of purpose, act of kindness, gratefulness, all these things. So I'm not heavy, heavily focused on, on gadgets. I kind of like to try them and um, I'm a big fan of some of them. And then final comment on gadget. I, I, I think I'm, uh, you know, I'll be in a little bit unfair responding to this question from my generation point of view. Because if you look at younger generation, they have this like kind of gadget focused view of the world. And I'm pretty sure for someone who is like 20 or 25 today, adopting the healthy practices through gadgets is just really natural way to make this you know, positive change in their life. So to be fair, some of the people are much more technological than I am. And, and you know, adopting the gadgets and, and using them might be a good way for them, a good avenue for them to extend their life through changing their habits. I'm sort of similar to you. Like in my ideal world, I wouldn't have any gadgets, I don't think, because I like my natural lifestyle would just, you know, do all the things. But I like seeing all of the the quote biohacking gadgets as tools to just, you know, gain an awareness about how things are affecting me and just help catalyze anything that I am doing towards the ideal state for my diet and lifestyle to support my health. I love my aura ring. <laughs> it's really great. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. I love what you said about how you're, you're impatient about the release of your book. So you wrote that abbreviated form of it. 
I read it. It was really, really great. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that for listeners. This is such a random tangent question, but I'm just dying to know your thoughts on it. It doesn't really relate to anything we just talked about, but do you have thoughts on daily aspirin intake? Again, remember, I'm not a medical doctor, so I couldn't really give any medical advice. And we're all pretty special in this regard. I actually think that, you know, after age 60 or 65, it's part of pretty common routine to take daily aspirin. And what it does, I think our risk of cardiovascular disease increased exponentially after probably 60. It might be earlier than that. So that's just a good prevention tool for, you know, uh, facing the heart problems. So in a way, it's old style prevention tool, prevention drug for heart disease. So in, in the Horizon 1 paradigm, in the world we live in today, I would not be surprised if you see your doctor after age of 60, he or she will tell Melanie, I mean, you're 60 now, you should take this because there's statistical evidence through different, for a lot of trials that, you know, daily intake of aspirin will is super helpful in managing your heart disease risk. So that's that's the answer from Horizon 1. My answer from Horizon 2 from, you know, 10, 20 years from now, you know, with, with, with level of variables, sensors, predictive analytics, artificial intelligence measuring that, I think we will be able to predict and, and influence prevention of heart disease risk much better with the use of technology. So it's not like using one drug for the whole population because statistically it works for like, what, 50 or 60% of that. It's going to be your own situation, your own heart performance, your own data, and artificial intelligence telling you where is the heart disease risk and what exactly you need to do in a personalized way to manage that. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. The reason I'm just wondering, I asked so many people about it. A lot of what I talk about is mostly diet and lifestyle based, but two, really two drugs. I mean, aspirin, yeah, I guess it is a drug. Two drugs I'm really sort of haunted by are aspirin and metformin, just like the cost benefit of possibly taking them daily. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's very difficult for me. I'm anyway, I'm a little bit like you and many of your people from your audience. I'm uh, pretty mature in in the space of and the area of what where you need a medical you know doctor degree right so we should trust the medicine in, with the current medicine i'm always asked for second or third opinion so i'm uh, in particularly important cases and usually as i always uh, i'm always joking you change in the medical professionals the doctors you you seek an advice from until you hear exactly what you wanted to hear yeah that's funny. Yeah, this is, this is what I do. <laughs> I love it. Well, honestly, this has been one of the most fascinating conversations I think I've ever had, possibly in my life. So thank you so much. The last question that I always ask every single guest on this podcast, and it, it ties into something we were talking about earlier, which is the huge importance of mindset surrounding everything. So what is something that you're grateful for? My kids, they give me the reason to live longer. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. For father of four kids, I mean, obviously you need to not only to love the process, but also enjoy the you know, kids rich environment to, to go to, you know, this level of reproduction aspiration. So that's, uh, that's my case. 
Yeah. Thanks, Melanie. I mean, it's been, it's been amazing. And I, I actually feel we can you know, continue to talk for hours and for ages, actually, on, uh, on all these topics. And I'm very thankful to you and your audience. If you want to you know, receive updates on what we're doing in, in, in the longevity field, just go to sergeyyang.com and sign up for my newsletters. It's a monthly newsletters, and uh, I hope you're going to enjoy it. Perfect. Well, for listeners, I will put links to all of that in the show notes. And Sergey, I would love to bring you back when you release your book to talk about that if you'd like to. Yeah, we're going to be t- yeah, we're going to be talking more about Horizon 2 and there's so many things happening in this world. Yeah, would love to. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you and stay healthy and happy, please. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got this.